She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I don't know what the prostitution laws are in California. I do it with my own husband. Woo! I'm already blushing. I make men do a lot of things. I'm kind of an asshole. We have not learned that. Most of us already knew it. I'm blushing. <laughs> the sex in this book is spicy. It's good smut though, man. Somehow I have to figure out how to tell Tom to skip these episodes too. Stroking his beard. I love the little hand motion. I love it. Hi! Hello! I look a little different, huh? Yeah. Yeah. A lot different. (laughs) (laughs) Last week we came in, I had cut my hair off and it was a darker red. This week, you look like a whole different person. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where is my friend Molly? (laughs) Like... I was into sight. Okay, so the turquoise was irritating me. Oh, for listeners who cannot see us on YouTube, I've dyed my hair back to my normal color. Brown. As we are a podcast, so <laughs> yeah, most people can't see us. Um, I uh, I was indecisive. The turquoise was starting to irritate me. Right, <laughs> the only reason it was turquoise is because the green wasn't holding, and I don't know what color I wanted to go, mm-hmm. so I just went back to. Square one. So I feel like it's very flattering. Like Thank you. The sh- like y- your body shape just reminds me of like a Vava Voom Vixen kind of person, like City of Girls Stop. kind of thing. Um, with that I'm hair. Blushing. <laughs> but like, but it's not Molly. I oh, no. Know. I know. And I have like my weird eccentric clothes I probably could have uh-huh. put on, but it's cold in my office. So <laughs> we're wearing a sweater. <laughs> It gets really hot in the room where I film because of the lights and uh-huh. also because this room is just always hot. So yeah. not a sweater for me. No, this room's over the garage. So yeah, ours like, is too. Mine is too. So I, it's just, I, I don't know why in the summer it gets so hot up in here. That, maybe like, it's if more I'm windows here. than I do. No, I only have two, but also our laundry is up here. So that doesn't, that doesn't oh. help things. So hmm. anyway. Um, you had an interesting week. I, I did. Um, so I, uh, I, I have some friends that work for NASA, Langley. No big. And And they're all like people I worked with previously at a library. And, um, so I was sent a job posting for a librarian position at NASA. And so I applied for it and I interviewed for it last week. Um, the interview went really well. I was like proud of myself for how I did and definitely think that I would have was put myself in the running to be one of the you know top choices. But I ended up uh, withdrawing my candidacy because um, I just felt like it wasn't the job for me. Um, That's okay. Like that kind of librarianship is like super interesting because you're like involved in the mission of like NASA. Like that's right. pretty freaking the big cool. picture shit. Right. 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 But like I would miss working with kids. So... So I just decided not to do it. Um, I mean, at least you know what you do want. I yeah. can't say that. Well, I mean, I still don't know that I really know what I want. I mean, I know I want to be a librarian and I want to work with kids, but what that looks like is, you know, up in the air. I mean, I this school year has been a difficult one, and I think all people in education would agree with that. It doesn't matter if you're teaching um, 
you know, preschool or college, like we've mm-hmm. all had a really hell of a year. Like this has been right. tough. Um, yeah. And, and um, so I, I don't know. I mean, this is my first year at the school where I work. And like I've said before, it's a middle school, which is not usually my thing, but um, I really like the staff I work with. And um, we have a great principal. I mean, she's just really top notch. She's one of the best principals I've worked with. And, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a chance to work at NASA, right? Right. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. It's NASA. It'd it's be so NASA. Cool. Yeah. It'd be so cool. Right. But, yeah, so I, I'm not going to go through with it. Um, You know, if they wanted to hire me, that's very flattering. I just withdrew my candidacy the day after my interview. So, I uh, I mean, you know what you want. Yeah. You know you want to be around kids. And that's awesome. Like, yeah. not everybody has that calling. I very right. like my children. So, well, and when I went from the public library to the, to back to school library, back to schools, um, uh-huh. part of that was to spend more time with my kids and like, I'm not going to give up my summers if I'm not going to be really, right. really happy at a job. Right. So. Right. That makes a hundred percent sense. Right. But I'm absolutely not going back in an English classroom. Like it's the library for me or it's not schools. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to teach English anymore. No, thank you. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so this week we are doing our uh, second week of our romantic, romantic books. I don't want to mm-hmm. say romance books because, like, the one we've got coming up at the end of the month, it's not a romance novel. There's romance it is romantic. In it. Romantic, exactly. Um, but this week is, like, smut. It's it's a romance. It's good smut though, good man. Smut. So this week we are talking about the kiss oh, quotient I love this book. by Helen Huang. Huang, uh, I think it's Huang. Huang, that sounds right. I think that's how the narrator said it. She commented on our post though. Oh my gosh, yes. So we've now have had two authors comment on Instagram posts, which is just like crazy. If you're not following us on social media, please do. Like, I mean, we're, we're oh, growing I, I, there. I, I, we're, we're getting like 30 downloads an episode. So mm-hmm. like for authors to be noticing us is a big deal. It doesn't it's sound a huge like deal. it. It's a big deal for us. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And we have an author coming on in uh, next month uh, in March, which is just incredible. Right. So And, and she sent us and, books, oh, man. Yeah, She's yeah, so uh, freaking cool. Chessie. Yeah. I had planned to wait to the My end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had planned to wait to the end of the episode, but I'm going to show this now. Um, this is the bookmark that she sent us. And this is the arc of her new Ugh. book, Cats and Yammer. And we'll be talking about this in March with Francesca Zappia, Chezzy. So, the um, one, the only. Yeah. And FZ, man. For all of you that like to collect autographs, she signed these for us. So, right. Very cool. Very um, freaking cool. I have cool. a few authors that have had signed books. So, I have um, a few. Yeah, I, my, I met, my dearest ones are Deb, but yeah, I met Angie Tom Thomas at LA annual conference in 2019, mm-hmm. and she signed two of her books for me, and she's phenomenal. Like she just was really easy to meet, like great person. And then, like if you're a John Green reader, you absolutely uh-huh. have one of his autographs because he signs all of the first round, first That's print so rounds. Sweet. Um, so That's I have a lot of damn well. work, John. I know he actually does YouTube videos for it, like where he sits there and like just. That's amazing. You can watch live him signing Dream. shit, which um, is crazy. Deb signs. De- uh, 
Dr. Harkness signs mm-hmm. all my books to the Molly Biggs. Because it was amazing. like, because it was a joke in the Facebook group. Like uh-huh. we we're talking about um, her, like it was 2017, 2018. We were talking about her going to all these places and doing, you know, where the world was normal and people used to tour and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, she was talking about coming here to Houston and I go, oh, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I-, I can't wait to meet you, you know? And, and she goes, it will be interesting. And she goes, I hope I will remember you. Because, <laughs> you know, she meets so many people. And my right. friend from the group, my friend Valerie from the group goes, once you meet Molly Biggs, you don't forget Molly Biggs. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and from then on out, I was the Molly Biggs. The and Molly Biggs. The Molly Biggs. I have there may few... be many like me, but I am the only one of me. That's true. I have quite a few... Uh, signatures of children's book authors that's as well. awesome a lot of them because you know my job has led me that way right, um, but that's your fields right that is really awesome for you but fields. the only author that like i actually am like a super fan of that i've met in person was angie thomas okay and like i felt really meeting stupid authors, meeting her like i just learned this you met freaking judy bloom when you were a kid yeah, that was uh, like a massive fangirl thing that I just fucking learned about. Like, yeah, what? well, I mean, I don't talk about it because number one, people don't ever. It wasn't Judy Bloom; it was uh, uh, Beverly Cleary. Cleary, who wrote Judy, not Judy Bloom, uh, yeah. wrote Ramona. Yeah. Ramona. Um, so I, it's not something I talk about a lot because number one, no one ever believes me. Um, I believe. And you. number two, I hardly <laughs> believe me. Um, but like, <laughs> I won a young author's contest i don't know if it was a city thing or a state thing i don't know i was eight um and my book was like published and put into like local libraries in our county so maybe it was from them maybe it was from them i don't know um and uh i got to have lunch with her and we ate at burger king and i had chicken strips (laughs) and i don't have any pictures that are evidence of this because it was the 80s and like Like, you know you're a published author dude you're a public um, author. Sort of. Like, it was like a laminated paperback cover. <laughs> it's, that's published. They made photocopies of it. Story, I do remember what the story was about, though. It was about um, my friend who lived next door and I playing in the backyard, but it was like a fantasy story. So, like, we're on the swings and, like, uh-huh. the earth opens up and we end up going back in time and then there's, like, dinosaurs and shit. Because, look, we had to illustrate our books ourselves, and I cannot draw, but I can draw a fucking Brachiosaurus. So, with some peak feet and a long neck, and we're set. So, um, so that's why we went back in time. Cannot remember anything else that happened in the story, but I do remember that's that we amazing. got home in the end. So, maybe Mary Osborne stole the, the uh, Magic Treehouse from me. <laughs> Possible? <laughs> no, Copyright infringement. No, it's not. All right. Anyway, let's get back to this. The kiss quotient. That has nothing to do with dinosaurs. It has nothing to do with dinosaurs. So I'm going to give uh, our synopsis because we're 11 minutes in, Molly. What a shit show. I love our shit show. I do too. Gosh, this is our fourth. Is this our f- No, fifth episode of season two. Fifth Number episode. five. All right. One, two, three, four, five. It's crazy. All right. So here it is. Stella Lane is a genius economic. Econometrician? Econometrician? I can't remember how to say it now. She does 
She like her, her, her job, side note, her job is to take economics and look at what people buy and predict it's like trends. Math. It's like math and trends. And like, you know how like on Amazon when you buy something not sponsored and then like you get a, like you might also enjoy a this. recommendation. That's what she does. That's what she does. But it's like analytics. Econometrician. Econometrician. There it's is. like right. analytics, math, and Something else. I can't Trend remember spotting, how to... basically. Yeah. All right. So Elaine is science. a genius <laughs> econometrician. She can handle any algorithm that comes her way, but she has never been successful in relationships with men, more specifically sex. As an autistic woman, she has had a lot, she has a lot of quirks that make closeness difficult. But when a colleague rudely tells her that men want a woman who knows what they want or what they are doing in the bedroom, she decides to seek professional help. <laughs> Enter Michael, a sexy escort with the right looks and more importantly, bedroom expertise to teach Stella exactly what she needs to do to to do to please a man and find pleasure herself it's smut guys it's the, smut. It's fantastic. the only smut. problem is that these sex lessons slowly move from strictly naughty bedroom fucking to something that neither expected at all love love perfect synopsis yeah it it's is smut. the reverse I'm, like, I'm getting blush i'm blushing describing this so you guys are going to find this out a lot this month. Like, this is not April's thing. Like, I am very reserved when it comes to these things. And, like, woo, I'm already blushing. It's like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my husband is our editor. I wonder if he thinks, man, my wife is kind of a prude. Nah. He knows know. you're not. He's been with you long enough. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I did try to get him to read part of the love hypothesis. And what did he say? He still hasn't read it. <laughs> but we'll talk about that book next week. All right. Anyway, so there you go. So that's the beginning. That's uh, the story of right. the love of the kiss quotient. Excuse me. I keep calling it the love quotient because I'm mixing up the two books. But it's the kiss quotient. All right. So. I mixed them up too. Yeah, well, there's a lot of similarities. So this book is also the fake dating trope. Well, it's um, the reverse pretty woman. It's the reverse pretty woman. Um, but like the book that we covered last week was also fake dating, right? So we had the wedding date where we have uh, a theme. Yeah, I like the three books. The but first we didn't three do books that on purpose. Book, we definitely did not. But the first three books of this uh, month are all fake dating. Mm -hmm. The last book is just not that at all. But anyway. All right. So this book is classic fake dating romance novel like The Wedding Date. Did you find right. the relationship between Stella and Michael to be believable? By the end? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, his loyalty to her became instantaneous. Oh, yeah. Like, like when he punches the guy. Right. Well, and also, like, he realizes she's different, but doesn't, mm -hmm. like, can't pinpoint it. And yeah. it makes him, like, you know, soften to her in a mm -hmm. way he doesn't normally to clients. Yeah. And it's... I mean, um, that starts right away, too. Right. Right. And it, it, it makes for a very interesting storyline. But mm -hmm. I... I mean, I don't know any adults with Asperger's, right? So I can't talk about accuracy with this. Um, yeah, but, 
I mean, I, it feels believable. My only, like, even though I'm on, I, I, I'm neuro, like, everybody divergent. knows. Divergent. Neuro everybody divergent. knows that my brain doesn't work the same as others. And I am technically, based off that diagnosis, I am in the spectrum. But I don't have friends in the variation in that yeah. rainbow, right? Um, my knowledge of Asperger's comes from parenthood. So I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. But I, I want to think it's believable. Yeah. You know, I, I can't speak from experience. Yeah. I mean, I feel like her experience is different though too, because, well, I mean, and that's the thing with autism, right? Mm-hmm. Once you've met one autistic person, you've met, met one, one aut- autistic. autistic person. Because everybody's different. Everyone is different. Um, and when they try to do the diagnosis, I mean, you know, we threw, went through this with James. When you try right. to do the diagnosis, it, it's challenging because there are certain things that you're like, okay, well, but that's it's classic changed. autism. Um, but yeah, so the Stella has, has Asperger's. Like she... That is her diagnosis. Diagnosis, right. Um, and that's no longer a technically a diagnosis. They consider that to be mild autism now. But I take issue with that because my son has my has is officially diagnosed with mild autism, but he has Asperger's. It has genius-like tendencies. It has mm-hmm. a, a super focus on usually one thing and like hyper focus. And things um, are very um Cut and dry, right? Yes, yes. You can't, there's no sarcasm, there's no joking, it is right, straightforward. Right. They take everything you right. say to heart. And I think Michael recognizes, he, do, he doesn't know that Stella is autistic right away, but he knows that she is has some naivety that like Mm -hmm. she could be taken advantage of. So like even from the beginning when he decides, okay, I'm not going to, I don't do a second date. So like, we're not going to do this again. And she's like, can you recommend somebody? And then he's like, okay, she's going to get taken advantage of. If I recommend Somebody's definitely going to screw with her and he does not want that. Right. So he has that like overprotective thing, which could just be like the older brother thing going on too. Like, I don't know. Um, But like, I do feel like when it comes to James, that's one of the things I worry about with him that he'll be taken advantage of because he doesn't always realize when somebody isn't telling him the truth or when someone's right. making fun of him. Um, and so I can see People that. are assholes. It's true. But um, like, I feel like they both had feelings for each other long before they wanted to admit it. Like right. that's just how this book reads to me. Same. Um, and I mean, I don't even know that it started the same day that they met. Um, but they definitely had feelings for each other sooner yeah, than they wanted to. Admit. Absolutely, and it wasn't just feelings of sex; like it wasn't just no. Desire. There was they definitely warmed up to each other and mm-hmm. start their hearts started bonding instantly. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, all right, so the sex in this book is spicy. Oh, is bad. it be, is it because they have good chemistry or because Michael is a professional? Both. Yeah. Both, because it's not just Michael. I mean, he is reacting to her behavior and how she acts and how, you know what I mean? It's not just him. While he is definitely leading the charge, he is playing off of her in a lot of these situations. He is... Go ahead. I feel like him being a professional, you know, being that... Uh, that that he he has sex for money like that's what he does right being that he does that like i feel like he would know the things to like you know pleasure her but i also feel like he's letting her discover those things too right 
Right. Which, which to me is sexier than just like right. doing the things, but you know? He, he said his own words, he, something around the lines of he's used to them taking the lead, right? Yeah. And she yeah. never once. She right. follows his lead, and that is definitely um, new for him. Yeah. And I think that's the reason he becomes so warmed by her and likes her so much and becomes gets the feelings for her is because yeah. he's in control for once. And that yeah. doesn't happen a lot in these situations for him. It's the polar opposite of the woman who bought him the car. I cannot think of her name for the life of me, but the woman that buy, woman that bought him but the car. But it's like, it, it, and oh shoot. And like, it, she's the mom of the coworker. She's the mom of the coworker. It's a whole thing. But like, Philip James's mom. But like, yeah. the way that she basically took ownership of my right, like he was property. He is property for her to have and consume and use when she and wants. And she never once treated him like that. She yeah. never treats and, Michael like that. And I don't think Stella would know how to do that to somebody. She no, just doesn't seem to have that personality. I don't think well, it's because it's, she has autism. I think it's, I think it's that just doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah, exactly. And to me, like, I think Michael found that to be sexy. Like, I think right. he was like, damn, this is hot, you know? Yeah. So, all right. So the next question, we've already talked about uh, the fact that Stella is autistic. Right. Um, the author is actually autistic herself. She was diagnosed right around the, uh, right before she wrote this book. Interesting. Um, and uh, part of this, I think, in the interview that I've read, and I will link this below, um, and it's linked in our notes, um, I think part of the reason that she was inspired to write this was just to write about, you know, a romance experience that she, you know. That feels authentic uh, for her. Right. But she also, uh, <laughs> on the back of the book, it mentions that she, or in her author uh, bio, it mentions that she's been reading romance novels since eighth grade, which, by the way, <laughs> that's what grade I teach. And that scares the hell out of me. But accurate. My students are reading, like, one of my students is reading Fifty Shades of Grey. It's terrifying. Um yeah, terrifying. Um, I just want to be like, Mom, Dad, Grandma, whoever the adult is, what the fuck, man? Yeah, this is not okay. Um, but anyway, do you think that, like, does that change your view of this book, knowing that our, our author was is also autistic? I don't think it changes my view. It makes me think it's more authentic. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it comes, it's not me trying to write the point of view of somebody mm-hmm. Uh, of a POC. It's not right, me yeah. trying to write the life of a gay man. It, right. It, 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 it is more authentic and it's going to be more honest and it's going to be more realistic because it's her words, her world and her reality. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. For me, when I found that out, I actually uh, found that out after I read the book mm-hmm. the first time. This is my second reading of this book. Um, both times I did the audiobook, and the audio right. is very steamy, very hot. Very, very Woo! steamy. Oh, um, boy. I, I kept being concerned that my sons were, like, going to walk into the bathroom as I was, like, <laughs> listening to it, like, <laughs> getting ready for work. Anyway, um, yeah, so for me, when we in, – in the library world, one of the things we're really pushing for is not just diverse books, but we're pushing for diverse books that have an authentic right. representation. So, like – One of our favorite books, Red, White, and Royal Blue, which we talked about in season one of the pod, the author is um, uh, Casey McQuiston goes by the pronoun they, them, and they consider themselves to be a lesbian. Um, So her perspective on that, that would be more authentic in her second book. She's not, they are not a gay man. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas this book, you have an autistic woman writing about an right. autistic woman. Right. 
Now, does that take away from her content? No. No. Does she have a point of view? Does she have access, being that she is a part of the off-limit mafia? Absolutely. But it is not as authentic. And that doesn't take away from Casey McQuintock. Quinston. Quinston. McQuinston. McIntosh? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Casey. We're on a first name basis now because I suck at last. I feel like we should get on a first name basis with them. Like, that'd be great. Um, But I think when it comes to writing something that is so sensitive, be it about a POC's Mm -hmm. um, life, about, Mm -hmm. ooh, for example, I just finished Eleanor and Park, the one we're going to be reading at the end of the month, and I don't want to get too much into it, but that has trauma in it. Mm-hmm. You cannot, I mean, you can write trauma mm-hmm. and never had it, but it is more authentic when it comes from someone who has been there, who has felt that, yeah. who has lived through that. Right. Or draws on experiences of, you know, others right. or something. Right. Right. It, and our author is also um, an Asian woman like Stella. So she's, you know. She's putting herself also, into this character for sure. I, and I mean, I'm not sure how much she relates to Stella. I'm you right. know, making the assumption that same, but, but you know, not all, not all autistic people are have an aversion to touch. Like my son doesn't mind being held by me, but he doesn't mom. mind being held by Tom. But if, and I, he, I can't keep him away from Sam. Like it's good that he doesn't mind Sam snuggling him because Sam doesn't know boundaries, but, um, it's wild to warm up to other people right and, that's and okay. some autistic people don't want to be touched at all like it doesn't matter if your mom or dad or whatever right. like there's no touching there they right it's difficult to get a haircut like it's you know like mm-hmm. any of that um and Stella seems to be like sex touches like sexy touches are not her thing but like she doesn't necessarily mind when her mom touches her but um, she has to warm herself i've noticed in definitely the book when she's like okay like when she was going into that big thing, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the event. I can't remember what it was. It was like a ball or it was some sort of gala charity um, gala. Whatever. Yeah. Um. She it was getting herself warmed up. Okay, people are going to want to hug. People are mm-hmm. going to want to shake your hand. There's going to be a lot of people close. Mm-hmm. Just be like she was literally preparing herself. Even yeah. when she talks about visiting her family, she right. talks about preparing herself for them to touch her. Right. Like it. It yeah. sounds like a task and it has to be exhausting right. living in that brain space. I mean, and I have, I mean, I kind of have to do that too. Like as an introvert, like I right. have to prepare myself for like, oh, I'm same. going to this big thing. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to have to like talk to people. God forbid. Right. Um, but I really enjoyed reading something because I've also read the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime, which is obviously a totally different genre, but the main character in That's that is odd title, but okay. Well, that's he's an autistic boy and that's what he calls the murder of this dog. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's like a mystery thing, but it's told from his point of view, but the author is not autistic. And so I feel like we got a different perspective in this book, reading uh, the point of view of someone who is autistic that was written by someone who is autistic. Autistic. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, All right. I feel like we're having a really good discussion. I'm Same. proud of us. It's like Yay. we're like on task. And like we're on track. And- right. Next question. All right. <laughs> All right. Is Stella naive to believe sex lessons will quote unquote fix her problem with men? 
I wouldn't say naive. Mm-hmm. Let's take her life so far has been. She has learned everything in her life. She learned mm-hmm. how to wait or go learn to go to the bathroom from her parents. That was mm-hmm. a lesson. She went to school to go to college. That mm-hmm. was a lesson. Her right. life has been being that things are flat, flat, plain, as is, cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Everything she has learned that she loves was a lesson at some point in time. Mm-hmm. She is trying to teach herself something that she wants to love because other people love. So I get the thought process. I don't think, I mean, for her, it's not naive. For yeah. someone, for her, it's not naive. I think it is brave of her, mm-hmm. especially since she's trusting a stranger, not just a stranger, but a stranger that's doing an illegal job. Yeah. That Well, it seems like, and I mean, I don't know what the prostitution laws are in California, but it seems like she knew that agencies required background checks and STD tests. Like she knew that when she went to hire him. But it's like a muddy gray area, which yeah. I'll look it up and pull it up. Most of it is. We'll called, do our research, bestie. Yeah, we'll do our research. I'll do the research. I because I need to know now. But calling it a dating service or mm-hmm. a um, companion service, mm-hmm. and then they do the STD tests, but it's at discretion of the date. Mm-hmm. I'm air quoting here it, yeah. for those listening. Um, means that the companion gets to pick if they're sex it's insinuated based off of most of the time based off of their verbiage that they will but they don't have to legally Mm. they cannot say this is a sex service legally it's a companionship service okay well that makes sense i mean i don't think that she is necessarily naive i wish that she weren't doing it because someone told her that something was wrong with her Especially someone she looked up to and has known for a while. And, and actually thought might potentially be a good boyfriend partner? for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's I skeezy, just, though. You know, he's worst. gross. Gross. Um, I, I just wish someone wouldn't have made her feel bad about herself. Because, like, right. I mean, first of all, there are people that She's don't enjoy woman. sex. Yeah. Right. And there are people that don't enjoy sex. I mean. I mean, there's a whole. That's a little, literally a sexual orientation of people yes! who don't have, like. There's. There's a literal letter, letter for it in the the abbreviation, right. right? Right. So, I mean, I just wish they wouldn't have made her feel bad about it. But I guess he wouldn't have had the story if they right. did, didn't. But I think it's interesting her approach to it because she doesn't see the point in her getting any pleasure out of it. Like, her goal is to figure out how to please a man. And right. my personal so she- opinion, my personal opinion about sex is if you're not enjoying yourself, then your partner won't enjoy themselves either. Right. That's how I feel about it. You gotta, I don't know. I just feel like if I just like laid there and didn't enjoy myself, but Tom would not enjoy it either. From experience, not all men feel that. We've got it. Oh my gosh. From experience. Sorry, 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 Tom's mom. Um, (laughs) From experience, um, with past relationships, um, not all men feel that way. Yeah, but most there is. I would say I would one hundred percent argue that they would think it was better if you enjoyed yourself. 
I okay. They might Let's, still get off, but I don't think that they. Based would enjoy off it. of my experience, I'm going to sound like a fucking whore. Whatever. Based off of my experience, <laughs> when I'm not enjoying it and I'm faking it, versus when I'm not enjoying it and just participating. Mm-hmm. Same. But I'm going to use the same partner in my mind. Didn't notice. Well, that guy's a dick. Um, most guys are like that. Love. Okay. Well. You're lucky. I have a great partner now, and <laughs> I won't talk about that because Matthew begs. Um, but it's not always the case. Well, I just think it would be better. You're very lucky. If both people enjoyed it. So I, I agree. That should be the standard. It is not. I'm glad that Michael doesn't take that away from her. That he wants no. her to enjoy herself. Right. That it's not he's a decent her. man. He's, he's a, a good decent guy. man. Yeah. Even though he thinks, aside. <laughs> and like his childhood and his dad and all that shit. <laughs> he's a decent dude. Yeah. Yeah. Underneath I mean, it all. He wants her to enjoy herself as well as learn how, you know, to do this. To help others enjoy the program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tell your mother-in-law to skip these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's best. <laughs> Somehow I have to figure out how to tell Tom to skip these episodes too. We can't. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh man. All right. Anyway, moving on. All right. <laughs> I mean, although probably he's like beaming with pride as he's listening to this now. Like, yeah. Stroking his beard. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Definitely stroking his beard. Oh my gosh. Beard. All right. Um, as we read the book, we learn that a lot of Michael's motivation for escorting is due to his father. And you mentioned right. that earlier. So he walked out on his family. He stole all their money. He told Michael he shouldn't go to fashion school. All of that stuff. Does this backstory make Michael a relatable love interest? This backstory is so freaking cliche. I'm on board with that. I am oh on board with God. that. Um, yes. The sins I thought so of the too. father cliche, right? Yes. Oh, oh my God. Like He's got to be doing something that his father would hate to get back at him. Well, and like, how many sisters does he have? Like a hundred? Four, I think. I don't know. It felt like way more. Based There's off a lot of them. Of I think it's that. four. It's one set of twins and two Five? Other. Six? No, I, I think it's four. four. I think it's Anyways, four. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't like, matter. <laughs> it's the sins of the father cliche, right? Mm-hmm. In that in that trope, in that cliche, there's three options: rebel against the father, mm-hmm. be a better man for the father, mm-hmm. fix the father, mm-hmm. and he it's does just, two of the three, <laughs> right? And it just it it, it just. It is so outplayed. And yeah. I meet, and I understand why she used it. It, it was a necessary evil to, like, we have to explain why he's doing this. You right. know, because, why would a good guy do this? Right. Or why would a person voluntarily, you know, have sex for a job? Maybe because mm-hmm. they like sex, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not, we can't have that as a reason because that's not relatable, right? <laughs> Liking sex to like sex isn't relatable. which is wrong because everybody likes sex not everybody does we've already talked about that (laughs) i'm fucking up and failing everyone right now but that's (laughs) not the point my point i've lost my point your turn (laughs) i agree with you i think it is a very strong cliche there that is like a bad use of that trope but i mean i guess 
you know, whatever. You right. can see it coming from a mile away. This whole idea that I'm going to sell my body because my dad says that I'm nothing but a pretty face. Basically my dad would hate what I'm doing, but really in a lot of ways he he's trying so hard to be different from his dad, but he's still manipulating women out of money. Right. So right. Basically women that are voluntarily putting themselves in that situation, they are not like, he's not like doing the fake yeah. boyfriend thing and like tricking them out of thousands right. of millions of dollars. Well, I mean, he gives Stella her money back. He never spends any of it. Which, wow. 50, I don't know if I could just hand over 50K, a 50K check. How that much money does in... How much does she have? Well, she's I mean, got a. I can't she's think of how to say the word again, but like, how much money does she make? Because man, that's a lot of money just to have well, lying and, around. And then we learned she, she has, should buy like, a couch. Like, <laughs> she needs some and like, furniture. that's the scene I needed in that book. Was when they go, him they go buy in the, in the epilogue. Yeah. I needed her and him to like be furniture shopping or something. I, like, doing I agree. Normal. Oh my gosh, I was waiting for that too. I agree. Um, but she also has a trust fund. That girl has mm. bank. A lot of money. Like, she like comes and from money obviously and she that family has money. Right. right. Obviously. Right. Anyway. But no. Yeah, I, I didn't. that cliche. I didn't like it either. All right. So Michael and Stella come from different worlds. What yes. did you think of their families? Um, I also asked, how are they similar? How are they different? But just tell me what you thought about their families. I love Michael's family. Mm-hmm. I love a chaotic household. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a chaotic household. Mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm technically one of six. I'm also one of two. I have mm-hmm. one whole sister, a half brother, and three step siblings. Mm-hmm. And I have a bunch of cousins that I grew up with all the time and spent a lot of free, free time with. Mm-hmm. Being in a chaotic household, like happy chaotic, not like scary axe murder chaotic. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, being in a chaotic household is warm. It fills the heart. It mm-hmm. sometimes is exhausting being a part of that because you don't mm-hmm. get a break. But at the same time, you have people, right? Mm-hmm. I do my best writing when this place is chaotic. Mm-hmm. I will sit in the kitchen and the kids are running around and Matt's making dinner and I will pound out chapters mm-hmm. because the chaos is soothing. Mm-hmm. They have, and that's, you know, that's Michael's life. But Stella's is so... Rigid, right? Yeah. Yes, that's like, a great word for it. Her her mom is pushing a her daughter who is on spectrum to have a normal life. Yeah, you, I mean, I I kind of want to push James to have a normal life, right? But you love him as is. Yes, you love him for who he is, not who he can't be. His mm. mother, her mother, until the very fucking end, is pushing her to be something she's not. Yeah. I don't know that that's And I think that's part of the reason. I think that's part of the reason Stella was like, oh, shit, my mom wants grandkids. I need to pretend to like sex so I can find a husband. Right. I don't know that that was exclusive to the fact that her mom, because because Stella was autistic, I think that's just sometimes moms, you know, in general. I don't know. But I don't see you pushing your kid to have a family to have a family. Um, Yeah, I don't either. And we keep telling James he has to have babies on Earth, not on Mars. So, (laughs) Um, I I mean, I liked Michael's family, too. I actually really wasn't crazy about his mom. Like, to me, she felt like too much of a cliche, like as a character. Like, 
I just felt like she yeah. was, you know, the grandma made me laugh so hard. She like grandma was hilarious. She was a lot of like stereotypes of like old Asian. You know what women. the grandma reminded me of? And this this probably sounds gonna sound racist, but she reminded me of the grandma in Mulan. Okay, absolutely. That is one hundred percent how I picture her. <laughs> And it's not, and, and it's I, not that that they're both Asian. It's the yeah. I don't give a fuck demeanor yeah. and the wisdom and yeah. the the kindness and yeah, I'm the local it, crazy. Like yeah, and, and same absolutely. person, different font, right? right? Right, right. And also the new movie. Uh, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Somebody goes wrong. Can't think of the name of the robot in it. But anyway, um, it's a new animated movie oh, ron okay. goes wrong i don't ron, know that one ron goes ron's gone wrong um and the grandmother in that is very much like this stereotypical crazy old grandma and like yeah. i love that that's my but, goal is to be the baddie grandma <laughs> you're on your way <laughs> yay <laughs> um but i wasn't crazy about his mom like i felt like <sighs> there were a lot of stereotypes to her that just, well and like, her like still like defending the mom the dad is mm-hmm. like yeah. gross. And um, I liked his cousin a lot. And I don't know if I told you this, but this book is the first of a series that's similar to the wedding date in that oh. the books are like feature characters that are not, I haven't read the other ones, but Quan, the cousin is mm-hmm. one of the, one of the sequels. He's the oh, main nice. dude. Um, and, and so is the, the cousin who's autistic is also one. He gets his own. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't crazy about his mom, but I liked the sisters. I liked the grandma. Stella's parents, to me, were the typical snooty rich people who just oh, wanted, facts. you know, like, yeah. Um, anyway. All right. Let's go on because we're at 40 minutes already. All right. Is this edition of Philip James's undying like for Stella a necessary wrench in the story time? Storyline. Yeah. No. I'm going with that, too. <laughs> no. Um, we're going to be ringing a lot of bells when we're doing romance books, because they're full of cliches. And, I mean, I don't mind the cliches. They move the story along. It's mm-hmm. just me pointing out cliches for cliches. I write, And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. I write cliches into my books. And well, cliches how, work. That's how they keep getting right. in there. You right. Know? So, I mean, it's not that I hate it. It's Sometimes I do hate them. Let's not lie. But sometimes they're a necessary evil. It's just... This one didn't seem necessary to me, though. Philip James being like, I was a dick because I was intimidated by you and I really had a crush on you. That was unnecessary. Why can't we just leave him to be the asshole he is Mm -hmm. and move on? I would have been much happier with that. If he would have just been the asshole that inspired her to hire Michael. He didn't have to be the son of the guy, of the woman who, like... but let me tell you what. I did not expect that. That is something I. That it wasn't. Was it definitely wasn't expected, but it wasn't necessary either. Like, right. It wasn't something we needed. It didn't add to the story. But man, it was a surprise. It was a good surprise. <laughs> it was a good surprise. I don't think it was a. I mean, it was a surprise, but it wasn't to me. It wasn't a good surprise because it didn't add anything. Like a good shock adds to the story, and I don't think that did. Oh, but, I was pretty damn shocked. But I, I mean, I guess we have to have, I mean, you have to have the Philip James story so that you can have the miscommunication trope. Right. But they have to break up and realize that they love each other. I mean, that just has to happen, right? right? Like, we have right, to have that. Right, 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 right. 
So, I mean, that's right. what it's in there for, but it's just unnecessary to me. I don't like it. All right. Um, how, oh, well, we just talked about that. How about his mom being the client? Okay. Let's talk about that. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, of Stella's sex lessons plan? So this was on page 58 of the book. Oh, can so, I bounce back to the mom thing for a second? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to look for the thing. Um, so I got a bell ring here. Stella sees her in the club. She mm-hmm. sees this woman kissing him. Mm-hmm. And well enough to recognize, like, to see her face and to see them kissing. Why she's known she... Philip. Right. She knows she's known Philip. Right. She knows Philip's family because right. their families are friends. How did she not fucking recognize her? Right. I, I didn't I think of bullshit. that. I didn't think of that till right now, but you're 100% right. That it's bullshit. Yeah. That's I just thought of it too, by the way. That's why I was like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Reversed. And you're right on that. Plot hole. Plot hole. Okay. So. Okay. Back to your question. I'm sorry. So here's the sex lessons plan. So lesson one is hand job, lecture, and demonstration. Hand job practice, performance review, missionary intercourse, lecture, and demonstration, missionary intercourse practice, performance review. So, uh, what do you think of her, uh, lesson plans? I think she's covering most of the bases. <laughs> Literally and metaphorically. Um, I think it was for her, right? Like, it's how her mind works. It's how she breaks things down. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I I get why Michael was upset. Yeah. Like, like... He thought he was being judged, which is hilarious because she does. She it openly admits she doesn't know anything, right? So, I just don't feel like. I think I think Michael was right on the way that he handled it. Like we're not going to just stop in the middle of doing things and check boxes. Like we're not going to get a performance review after giving me a hand job, and then we're going to have sex. Like no, that's, that's not how any of this works. No, that's well, not because how you works. have because I mean you can have loveless loveless sex that this is very feasible but you can't take emotion out of it mm-hmm. right does that make sense i would agree there is there is a split there and a difference there and stopping post hand job to fill out a paper is no. definitely gonna not gonna put you in the mood no. to go and move on to the next step no i mean do you really want to sit there and get a lecture and then like but maybe i don't know there is that school teacher i mean people have the like professor school teacher kinks yeah but you don't stop in the middle and have a lecture and then continue go i mean i don't don't know know. i don't i don't know (laughs) if you have a kink of a professor teacher thing can you um, fill us in (laughs) tell us dm us um Send us an email at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. We won't share with others. We just need information. We, we need more info. <laughs> sharing is caring, friends. Because, like, as a teacher, like, I feel like if I had that fantasy, it would be really warped. Like, it's not okay for teachers to have that fantasy. Well, and you're a middle school teacher. Oh, no. They're babies. Ugh. Yeah. Mm, don't get me started. I actually, I have, a, I have two middle schoolers. 
It actually turns my stomach. Like, it makes me feel physically Okay, Ill. moving on. <laughs> All right. All right. This series... Oh, I already said this. Um, so, I already told you that this is part of a series like The Wedding right. Date, it, and that each is their own standalone, but can be read, you know, as a right. series. Do you think you'll read any more of these? I might. I'd like to. I like her writing style. I, yeah. I like her content. Yeah. I want more with these two characters specifically. Yeah. But... I would read, I like the cousin. I would definitely read his storyline. I feel like I am more inspired to continue reading with this series than I was with the wedding date because I feel like the, like, this is something that we actually said off camera, um, off pod at the end of us filming the wedding date, which was that, Mm -hmm. like, that book didn't have enough substance to really film a full pod episode. Like we were struggling because it it was lacking substance. I don't feel like that's the case with this book. No, there's some depth there. I think the dialogue is a lot better than the wedding date. Um, Like I feel like her writing is, is a style that I would read again. Um, Probably again is an audio book. The audio book's good. Yeah. The narrator was beautiful. In a dirty way. Yeah, it's so dirty. <laughs> it's just weird to like listen to it as I'm like driving to work and it's like talking about he went and he touched her sex and I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach middle school now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Your life is weird, man. It is weird. But I don't get turned on by these books. Like it's not, it's not a thing for me. I, I actually had this conversation with my friend Rachel earlier today even and Rachel's a listener of our pod too hi Rachel um, hi Rachel um and for me what I find to be sexy is the intimacy of like the relationship so like a conversation where you realize that these two people are are in love and and and, and as they're falling for each other I like that that to me is a lot more okay. appealing mm-hmm. but but again, this is a conversation that you and I have had on the pod too. It's the way that you and I view sex. Right. Um, like I am much more attracted to the intimacy of the relationship than I am to like. And I sex. think you can find intimacy even with people you don't love. Yeah. I mean, I would say our relationship is very intimate. We share yes. a lot with each other. We're practically sisters, you and I. I think we probably are actually cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not convinced that we're not related. Um, <laughs> Same person, different font. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh. But but yeah, I mean, there's there definitely is an intimacy with people that you are in a in a in a. But there's different with. variations of intimacy, right? Right. Right. And this is a great. This book is actually a great conversation on that, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. she is, like we've said, she is on spectrum, and intimacy is not good easy for her, mm-hmm. and she lets him into her home. She lets mm-hmm. him into her life mm-hmm. and vice versa. So mm-hmm. there's a personal intimacy. They get to know each other. They talk. There's mm-hmm. the emotional intimacy. Then there's the physical intimacy. Right. On it. And I think this is a big convers. This book is a really big conversation on the bigger picture when it comes to that. Well, and I mean, that's actually the thing she's studying, right? So for her job, she's trying to figure out why men don't buy underwear for themselves. Adult men don't buy underwear for themselves and that it's the women that are buying it. And like, that's kind of how the story ends that she's bought him underwear underwear because she feels like they've reached that level of intimacy where she can do that for him. And like, I definitely love and affection. I definitely 100% think that that is a great commentary on a building of a relationship. When I've you never get to that point, underwear because he's picky. Really? No, he's picky. I, 
I don't expect Tom to ever buy socks or underwear. He just, I just do it. I, the boys don't I pick out their own. I just Matthew. buy theirs too. It is my job. Like if we're, I know for sure that's my job. Mm-hmm. If we're at Target and I'm like, don't forget, you need new work socks. Mm-hmm. And I will walk over with him and make sure he buys them. But yeah. like, I, maybe that's our variation of the intimacy that I'm the one remembering. But yeah, I think that, I think that fits you're still making him do it. Um, but I make Matt do a lot of things. I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> you are not. You're his partner. You guys have a good partnership. Um, but, one, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what marriage isn't? Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, I think this does have a big commentary on what actually makes a relationship and it's, you know, right. And it's, solidest form most right. solid form most fo- most solid probably would be right mm-hmm. i do have one more thing and i didn't write this as a question but i really found the the ending to be super cliche like and the wedding date did this too Facts. we're gonna like michael tells her i'm going to be proposing in this many days because i know you don't like surprises and like i just feel like the relationship could not go from hiring him to fuck her to being engaged in that short amount of time. Oh, like, but that man, like every rom-com movie tells, tells us otherwise. I know. It really <laughs> does. Okay. It really does set up the expectations high right. for girls at a really young mm-hmm. age, because we start right. watching rom-coms at what middle school. I think I watched uh pretty woman at 13. Yeah. I probably was younger than that. The first time I saw a rom-com. Right. And like, like Bridget and- Jones's diary that, all three of those movies are still like rewatches for me regularly. Um, and look, I can't talk. My husband and I, I've known Matthew since sixth grade, but him and I didn't start dating till well after, but mm-hmm. six months into a relationship, we were engaged a year in a year in, we were married, but that is not the norm, but it takes see, time. T- the Tom and I were the same way though, because we were basically living together after only even knowing each other a week. I mean, that's basically what happened. He came and stayed the night at my apartment and never fucking left. That's my joke. And, and like, and then like we were engaged. We met in, um, we met in April right. and we were engaged in November and we were married the following June. So our relationship went really fast. I like to say that we were on the, the, um, AP track. We were on the honors track, but, um, funny. but our relationship didn't start as two people who were just fucking for money. No. Like, like that's, that's what's weird to me. Like this is a complete 180 for both of them. You right. know, it feels like if they decided at the end of the book to move in together, that they're actually going to have a relationship. Would be more realistic. He's not going to escort anymore. Like that to me is I more realistic. I think that was just an understood thing, right? He wasn't escorting with anyone else, but her that entire book. Right. And I think that's just like a given. Mm-hmm. He, you know what? I'm not going to sleep with the women anymore. I'm done mm-hmm. with this. He's working at what? Mm-hmm. He agreed to work at the restaurant. He was swapping jobs with his cousin at right. the end. Right. Um, or he was going to start fashion, right? Or something right. like that. Yes. He was actually going to start doing his passion, which was fashion. fashion. <laughs> right. Which he had left behind in New York because of his dad, because of that whole cliched nonsense there. But, um, but yeah, I just think like if they decided to have a relationship together at the end, mm-hmm. and they decided to like live together, like to me that was more realistic than like, oh, we're gonna get engaged. No, no, no. Absolutely. Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything um, else? I'm thinking. Hold on. I had. Let me see my notes real quick on my phone. Um, oh, I have one qualm. One qualm. 
in this book, she admits very early. Now, I'm not on spectrum, so I cannot speak. I, I am and I am not. Anyways, it's weird. You're neurodivergent, but you don't okay. have autism. I got right. you. I'm with okay. you. So, um, in this book, she openly admits she knows she's different. Mm-hmm. She openly admits that she knows it's her responsibility, which I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But she knows, she says it is her responsibility to inform people about what she what she called it, her condition or whatever at one point mm-hmm. in time. Or her... Anyways, verbiage isn't important. I'm not saying it's a condition. I'm saying it's That's she what is. she called it. She called right. it her condition. Um, she Then she proposes that he does these lessons, right? Mm-hmm. She never once, even though she has said several occasions up to that point before that, that she tells everyone just to make them understand her better. But it takes her till chapter 10 to even consider thinking about telling him what's going on. And then she never does tell him why things are the way they are. The cousin tells him. It feels I very... She didn't, I thought she didn't like to tell people because she didn't want them to be that to be the only thing that... Maybe I'm mis... But the way she says it is she feels like it's her responsibility, right? I know for when it comes to Michael, she didn't want him to know because she didn't want him to have pity on her. And I think that she didn't really like telling people because she didn't want that either. Right. And I mean, to me, it's, I mean, it's your label. It's your diagnosis. It's your decision. Like she didn't have to tell him. Um, I feel like you would probably need to have that conversation. I feel like like, if you're getting into back into the intimate relationships, right? right? I feel like, and I do this with you, even though you've known me for 10 plus years now, I still feel like I have to explain myself sometimes. Yeah. And I always tell you don't. <laughs> right. And I do it with my own husband and right. I am pushing a gazillion years with that man. Right. Like I still one, I apologize for my behavior because that was what I was told to do as a child, mm-hmm. even though, well, it, I was told my behavior was unacceptable, even with my condition, mm-hmm. air quoting. Right. That I needed to, by the adults, to mind my manners and be polite, even though I can't control it sometimes. I talk over people. I don't do it on purpose. It's the brain. It does what it wants. Um, that's not funny. I'm sorry. It's not funny. <laughs> but as a person with a broken brain, let's call it broken because it is broken sometimes, I explain away my behavior and my habits And I just feel like as someone that is similar in some ways, I feel like we explain ourselves more than we want to or should. And it just doesn't, that didn't feel authentic to me because I I feel like I'm, I, I know people that are like me and more severe than me and on my own mildly autistic and we all always are constantly apologizing for something the way we are made but i don't know that that's everyone's experience and i don't think she actually owed that to michael like okay i as as time was going on like when she met his mom like maybe but like their relationship in her mind was always about her paying him right even though she was developing feelings for him so and why did he need to know something that about, was none of his damn business. Yeah. Right. He didn't need to. But as more Im- intimate they got, and the more she started to realize she had feelings for him, maybe. 
I thought it was weird that he didn't just say, I know you're autistic. Once he found out, like, why didn't because he just I, say? I, I think that would have hurt her feelings. Yeah, maybe. Or it would have made her feel Man, like I'm coming off seen. like a dick. <laughs> it could have made her feel seen. Like, I right. know you're autistic and I don't really care. Right, but like, that also change could, how like, I feel about you. That could definitely change the pace of the book, though. Yeah, it would. For yeah. sure. And I, okay, well, right. we've learned Molly's an ass. <laughs> we have not learned that. Most of us already knew it, but anyway. <laughs> um, Thank you. I love you. All right, so let's talk about what we've got coming up on the pod. So for the rest of this month, like we've said, we are still doing romantic books. Right. So next week we have this one, The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. And this is all over so the social good. medias. Like, oh, it is so like, good. It is like really uber popular right now. And I 100% think if you, you don't plan read to read all of the books to listen along with the pod, yeah, that's okay. Pick, but pick this, this one... Part. Do that one. Read it. Absolutely. I mean, it is so Grey's adjacent, like they're cousins. Kissing yeah. cousins, man. Yeah. And also maybe a little Star Wars-y. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about it's that next week. Thing. And we're going to wrap out the month with Eleanor and Park by Rainbow uh, Rowell. This is the second book. book. <laughs> Molly just finished it today. Um, so this is the second Rainbow Rowell that we've covered on the pod. And um, that'll that'll end our uh, end our February um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, February or sorry, March eighth, we will do. We will have our special episode with Francesca Zappia Chesi. Um, I'm so excited for all of I you to too. hear that episode. I I'm excited to, to film her. that episode. Yeah. Oh, sh- it, she's just be... really great. I I had a, such a good vibe when we were meeting with her. So I'm we're excited. Gonna, I, about I, that. It's going to be great. We're, I think we ha- we're going to have a natural. It's going to be a really good episode. Yeah, yeah. A It'll really feel good like. Episode. Like when we had Katie on, it was like that too. Like we, yeah. it just was a good like rapport, yeah. a give and take, and it, and I think that's going to be the same with Chessie. So, anyway, that's what we've got coming up. Continue to follow us on social media, guys. Yes. We are posting constantly on social media. We're talking about what we're doing on social media. I um, definitely just Molly makes take- really funny videos. <laughs> I definitely did just a video this week because I wanted to show off my lightsaber. I loved it. It was wonderful. Um, so yeah, so follow us, email us if you have comments or questions, our book suggestions. Uh, our friends have been texting us book suggestions and we've been putting them in the pod. So oh, yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, that's all for now. Uh, anything I ain't got else, nothing else gang. No. All right. All right. Well, we'll see, see you next, next week. week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Kiss Quotient by Helen Wang. Your Book Besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.